We're starting a brand new series today called United. It's a brand new series talking about United and the one overarching thing that the one sentence you'll hear me say a lot over the next few weeks is if we are nothing else, we are united. If nothing else, we are united. If nothing else, we're united. Me and my wife, we may have some squabbles. We may have some fights. She gets on my last nerve, and I wore her last nerve out probably five years ago, right? But if nothing else, we are united. My kids, they're getting older, and they're getting weirder. But if nothing else, we are united. Me and Ansley, we just went and stayed the night in Lafayette Friday night, and I took her to Zia's. Uh, if you've ever been to Zia's, we went and she got all dressed up and I wore a jacket, you know, we kind of had a daughter-daddy date thing, whatever. And then we went to Toby Mac and then we had us a, a room, you know. And so uh, it's, there, there's, if you've got kids, you know, there's always changing weird dynamics. But if nothing else, we are united in the in the parameters of a church people may sit on your row or they may get in your seat or we, it may be so cold in here we can hang meat sometimes uh, the music may be too loud and there may be there may be there's a lot of dynamics within a church but if nothing else we will be we will protect our unity we will we are an army that is marching. That's what we are. And uh, we're in the trenches together. We fight together. We live together. We love together. We play together. We are united. If nothing else, we are united. Whenever it comes to our relationship with God, which is really what I want to look at this, this morning, is uh, it's important for us to be united to Him. To be in vital connection with him vitally connected to him if you've ever seen a baby that's got an umbilical cord coming out of it how many of you know there's a union there that's pretty pretty monumental right i mean outside of of that umbilical cord the baby that it, it is its life supply and, and i believe god wants us to be vitally in union united with him in ephesians chapter 5 jesus says says this he says he says husbands he says, you, you, you need to cleave to your wife. You need to lay down your life for her. And all the women said, amen. And you need to, to, to love her like Christ loved the church. And he gave himself for it. And ladies, you should treat your husband like this. You should honor him and love him and respect him. Genesis 2.24 says, it's right for a man to leave his mama and his daddy and to cleave to his spouse, right? You got to move out of mama's house. Cut the umbilical cord, right? At 31, or whenever <laughs> you got to get out of mama's house, right? Cut the cord and cleave to your wife. And after he makes that statement in Ephesians chapter 5, he says, and this is the picture of Christ and the church or this cleaving. This is what God wants the picture of you and I to be with him. God wants us to be intimate with him. He wants us to communicate with him. He wants us to, for there to be nothing hidden, no hidden bank accounts, right? In your marriage or in your union with God, right? Nothing hidden, everything open, be an open book and be vitally connected and in union with him. So the question this morning is just what's the state of the union? Right? What's the state of your union? Uh, because you don't have to have all the talent. I can tell you uh, with all, uh, you know, I'm not a good singer. I can't play the saxophone. 
I can't tap dance. That's, that's it right there. That's the best I got. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I, there, there may be certain things that I don't have, but I am united to Him. And He looks past a lot of my junk and a lot of my faults. And whenever I fall down, the Bible says a good man falls seven times, but he gets back up. So my purpose, my, my, my predetermined purpose in life is I may not have everything, but if nothing else, I am vitally connected in union with him he knows it i know it the american people know it outside of him i can do nothing but with him all things are possible to me as a believer so the, the whole purpose of this morning is just what's the state of your union i'm calling it united states and we could we, we could stand here and look at our country and it's pretty obvious our country's pretty divided beyond anything i've ever seen in my life right and i'm Pretty young, though. Uh, but besides that, I've never seen. There's a lot of division. And we could talk about that forever. But, but I want to know the state of your, uh, how united are you? Are you vitally in union, connected with him? Because God wants to do something. He wants to be something in you. That, that, that it, he wants to be the center of your life. right? God doesn't want to be first place. He wants to be the center. So I showed you that video of, of that son. Uh, uh, one reason is because I was uh, going home uh, a couple days ago. And I had a neighbor. I have a neighbor that's a couple doors down from me. And he planted this huge garden. It's probably like the size of this room. Now I'm pretty country at heart. right? I'm kind of like a redneck yuppie. Kind of uh, like, like, like I have a there's just whenever I see a garden, I like slow down. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Have any other? And I'm like, look at that garden right there. And 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 I'm a, I, I want to talk to him. Right. So so I pull up and I say, what's what's up with that garden over there? Don't have them better boys. I mean, I know what better boys are better. boy. thank you. Better boy tomatoes. You got them better. You got you have them purple holes. I mean, I know what purple holes are. Y'all going gonna to have you can have that super sweet. Super sweet corn? Yeah, slawed. <laughs> so so I, I, I roll up on him wanting to know, like, hey, what's going to be in this community garden? Because I just made it a community garden. You've got it looking right. And uh, I want to know what's getting planted in the garden. And I already knew that there wasn't nothing out there because it's not warm enough. You know, the temperature is not right. The sun hasn't done what it needs to do to our planet in this region. For, right. But he says, he, says, he says, I've got my tomato seeds in in my garage, and he says, every day I pull them out into the sun, and he says, they're about this big now, and then he says, at night, I push them back inside the garage, but he said, what's amazing, he says, whenever I pull them out, he says, my tomato plants, he says, they've turned toward the sun, and he says, and they're leaning towards the window, have you ever seen a plant do that before, the, the, the plant is just reaching Toward that sun, drawing its energy in its life source is that sun. And he says, so I pull them out. So he says, the next day I flip them because he says, the next day I'll pull out. And he says, sure enough, they've turned and they just, they move towards the sun. And so that got me just, 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 it's funny, the phrases that you, that, that you hear that just, just open up. Uh, uh, the, 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 the things of God, maybe more than you always think about them. So, so we know that the sun, uh, you know, is the center of our solar system. But there's some cool things about the sun. Just doing a little research this week. Uh, anybody want to guess how many earths you could fit inside the sun? Anybody new? 
My eight-year-old knew this. I'm just throwing that out there. I tried to stump her this morning. My brother Matt. Matt, how you doing? Uh, I didn't, sorry. Uh, I asked my eight-year-old this morning. I said, uh, I tried to stump her, you know, and she actually knew it. I was like, what's wrong with you? You're not my child. But then I got proud. There's 1.3 million earths inside the sun. You can put 1,300,000 earths inside the sun. That little video would just show you that micro flare. It was just a glitter. And they said that there was tens of earths with just in the side, just in that spark, just, just, in that, just in that little thing, the average temperature of the sun. And you can write some of these down if you want to. I thought that they were just, that they were just cool, that they were fascinating. The, the average temperature, temperature of the sun is 28 million degrees Fahrenheit. Only second to Lake Charles in August. <laughs> Only second comes in, it's a close second to Lake Charles in August, but 27 million degrees Fahrenheit is the average temperature of our life source, right? Everything revolves around the sun. It is the center of our solar system, right? All the planets that they move, they revolve around this thing. It's nine, this is, this is crazy, but think about this. 99.8% of the mass of our solar system is the sun. 99.8%. Only 0.2% of the rest of the mass, all of the planets, the stars, the moons of our solar system, they only get 0.2%. The sun gets the other 99.8% of the mass. You say, well, what, what is all this? This is not a science class. Come on, the, 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 the S-U-N is the center of our universe. Everything revolves around our sun. It makes up the majority by a long shot of the mass. All light flows out of it. There's another video that showed the sound of the sun. And they recorded the sound of the sun for 40 days. And condensed it down to just a few seconds. And it just roars. The incredible force and power of this life giving part of our solar system. And, and I think that it's funny that that's the center. And yet the center of our Christian solar system is the S-O-N. He is the life-giving source. And we should naturally just turn and gravitate. And just reach for Him with every fabric of our being. He wants to be or He should be what we are vitally united to. We're connected to Him at all costs. And even though we all get busy. How many of y'all know that we all get busy? And how many of you know that you can, you can, you can have some, time, some, some down times and times that you slip. And it's like, I missed my week. My, I didn't read Titus today. You know, we've been reading Titus for 21 days, you know. Yeah, I missed my day of Titus. Right, right. But, but, but at all costs, no matter if you, if you fall down or what's going on, there still should be this center about us that's, that if, if nothing else... I am united. He is my life 
source. And uh, God, God he, wants, he wants everything in your life to revolve around Him. How many of y'all know that? How many of y'all know sometimes that's easier said than done? Why? Because things get busy. But, but if, if everything will revolve around Him, He will revolutionize our, our, our existence. God, God will revolutionize your life if everything will revolve around Him. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures. Acts chapter 17, verse 28. This is, this is in, your, in your worship guide. It says, In Him we live and move and have our being. As also some of your own poets have said, for we are his offspring. How many of you know the song that we just sang? I am a child of God. Thank you. Thank you very much. Here he says that we're his what? We're, we're his offspring. In him we live and we move. We have our being. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 through 18. It says he is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all creation. By him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church. Who is the beginning? The firstborn from the dead. That all things in him he may have preeminence. He is the center, right? Or he's supposed to be. He should be. So the question this morning is, is just uh, what's the state of your union with him? Because I, I, I want to encourage you that God wants everything to revolve around him. But he also wants to revolutionize your life. If you look at people in the Old Testament, God would so change their identity that he would change their name. He come to Abram. He says, we're not, I'm not, we're not calling you Abram anymore. You got a new name. And, and I need you to start seeing you the way I see you. And the only way you're going to see you the way I see you is if you start calling you what I call you. And Abraham means a father of many. And I know you ain't got any kids right now. But I, I know that if I can change the way you see you, if I can change your name, and if I start calling you Abraham, if your mama and your daddy and your kinfolk start calling you Abraham, I'm trying to get you to get out of the tent and look up. And once you look up, he says, you're going to see what I see about you, and I'm changing your name. Sarah, you're no longer Sarah. Now you're Sarah. Jacob, you're a schemer, a liar, a deceiver. You deceived your daddy, and you deceived your brother. But Jacob, there is something about you that you, you wrestle with me, and you say, I cannot, I will not leave you until you bless me. And the Bible says that God and Jacob, that they wrestled. And Jacob is a deceiver. Now he's, he's not got it all together, and yet... God calls Jacob. He says, I'm changing your name, Jacob. You're no longer Jacob. Now you're Israel. There's generations of change within you. And, and he changes his whole identity. He revolution. He, he says, you're, I'm the center of you. And I'm going to change everything there is about you. In the New Testament, Jesus told Peter. He says, Peter, I'm calling you the rock. Right? Not WWE. I'm calling you the rock, right? The first rock, the original rock was Peter. He says, I'm calling you the rock, right? He changed him. And Peter, Peter was the one that denied Jesus three times, right? He said, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. But God saw something different in Peter. 
And he says, Peter, if you'll let me be, be the center of your life, I'll change even the way you see you. And I'll change the way your kids folks see you. I'll see the Apostle Paul. He says, he says, I've been around you guys. And he says, I know some of you think I've lost my mind. And he says, I think I have lost my mind. Right. You should you should get so united to Jesus that people think you've gone crazy. And you say, well, that's just weird. That's just weird. No, I can tell you, whenever I started serving the Lord, my friends thought that I went nuts. People in my own family, they thought that, they thought, what has gotten into you? I thought we were going to the club. I said, man, I can't go to the club no more. I can't go to the club no more. That just ain't me no more. There's something else. Something else. Something else. There's something's changed. There's been a difference. Some, something's changed. Something's different. And you know, there's people that thought, well, you've lost your mind. Say, so, well, maybe so. But he became the center of my life, and he's revolutionizing my life. He's changing me. I was going this direction, and now he's just taking me a different direction. Whenever he found the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul was very astute, very politically there, economically there, financially there. The Apostle Paul, he knew multiple languages. He had multiple doctorates. He was brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and he's on his way to kill Christians. But the Bible says, a light brighter than the noonday sun. What light? It couldn't be the, the S. The, the S-U-N, because it was brighter than that. How many of y'all know that there is a star brighter than our sun? Come on, there is an S-U-N. And the S-U, the Son of God, knocked that man off of his horse and blinded him for three days. And he said, Saul of Tarsus, you'll never be called Saul of Tarsus again. You're not going to identify from where you are, where you came from, or, 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 or how many letters are behind your name, or how smart you are. You're no longer Saul of Tarsus. Now you're Paul, and you're my apostle. He knocks him off of that horse, and he falls down, and he's blinded. And he says, he says who, who art thou, Lord? I love that. It, he, he changed that quick. Right? He went from killing Christians to now Christ has called out of this light. But he came in contact with a star, with a light that, that was undeniable. And he says, who are you, Lord? Just that quick, he made that turn from I'm not a Christ follower to that's my Lord right there. Because he just did something in me that nobody else can do. He has revolutionized my life. He says, I'm Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And then he says, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? He says, arise, go into the city. I have a man that's going to take care of you. And for three days, he's in darkness, caused by the light of God. And he came out of that experience as Paul. And everybody thought he was crazy because he was so radical. The other Christians, they wouldn't even welcome him into their community because they knew he was famous for killing people. They said, man, I'm, I don't want anything to do with you. They could not believe that such a change had gone on in his life. And some of us have known people that have gotten so radically saved that it was just like they just from night and day, they just made the turn and, and, and their, their whole life was just revolutionized. Maybe that was you five years ago, but, but you kind of sometimes we have a tendency maybe to go back a little bit. You know, I had a, a, a friend of mine that 
that man, he was a woman I was cheat on his wife. I mean, he had probably had nine cars, you know, I mean, he's just loaded to the gills. But he had a, he had a he just came in contact with Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he just radically went from snorting cocaine to just like within a month, he's preaching all over the state. Just they were they were inviting him everywhere. He's just preaching everywhere. Just to, just a supernatural conversion. And maybe some of you known people like that. My, my conversion was not that supernatural, right? Uh, I was more of a Lazarus, loose that man and let him go. It took a while for me to get unwrapped, right? It, it, it took a little time, but, but, but who cares? The outcome is still the same. God, I'm united to you. In you, I live and move. I have my being. By you, I was created. And in you, I exist. Everything revolves around you. You are the center of my life. I'm, I'm united wholeheartedly to you. And the verse, the, the 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I'm going to read it in kind of a different, uh, a, a different translation. This one is called the Wade translation. It says, so if anyone becomes united to Christ, he is a fresh creation. Everybody say fresh. Don't you just like that? We just did a whole series on fresh. How do, how do we get that? He says, if anybody will be united, joined, vital union with Christ, he's a fresh creation. The original conditions are passed away and they have been replaced by new conditions. The, the, I told you the overarching thing is, is if nothing else, we are reminded, uh, we are united. But the thing I want you to, to leave this service with is, is, is whenever, whenever I talk about being united to Christ, whenever you're united to Him, you grow in Christ. You grow in God. And I think some people, they get scared away. You know, maybe you're here, you haven't been to church in a long time, and you think, man, this is way out of my realm or my league. I want you to know for, for you to grow in God, to grow in Christ, it's not a hard thing. This is not a difficult thing. If I could uh, interview an orange, wouldn't that be weird? Uh, yeah, we're broadcasting live here, and I've got some oranges here on this tree. Uh, orange, tell us about your experience being an orange. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's just so difficult. All this photosynthesis and, and this sugar. I've got to make all this sugar. I've got to make sugar and these seeds. I've got to make seeds. This is really, really, really difficult. How many of y'all know oranges, oranges don't do that, right? The orange's job is to what? Just stay united. You don't see any oranges making I'm growing faces. You see a lot of Christians like that. But you don't see no oranges. There's no apples that are just like, come on, photosynthesis. Come on, sugar, you can do it. No, no, no. I want you to leave knowing that for you to grow, you just have to stay united. That's it. No pain, no labor. An orange, an orange on an orange tree just has to weather the wind. Right? Birds try to mess with it. The ground may shake. The wind may, may, may blow. But the real effort of an apple or an orange or a peach or, or anything is just to stay united. Because the moment it's not united, growth stops. But as long as it's hanging on that tree, with little effort of its own, it draws its life, its strength, its vitality. It draws the sun 
gives that plant what it needs and it grows. Now you say, they say, yeah, but, but what about, you know, or what, what about, you know, you got to do this and I got to do that and you got to do that. Listen, I'm telling you, as long as you'll stay united, the husband will prune the tree. Jesus said, my daddy is the husbandman and he prunes the tree so that it'll produce more fruit. Right? No orange trees prune themselves. Right? If they do, you're in the twilight zone. You need to run. Right? There are no trees pruning themselves. No, no, no. The husband, he comes out and he prunes the trees. But, but if you want to be united, if you want to grow in God, the, the real effort is just not letting the wind blow you off. Right? Not letting priorities, not letting different different things that come up, right? And we all live in a really an unusual age, an unusual time when things are trying to constantly. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all, how many of y'all know that things try to get you ununited? Am I the only one, right? Am I the only one? No, I can tell you right now. There's a, always the struggle of the devil is he's always bringing division. That's his only tactic. That's what he's always been. He brought that all the way in the Garden of Eden. It's all about division because if I can divide you from the S-O-N, right? If I can get you out of the sun, if I can push you into the garage and close the door, then growth stops. But as long as we are United to Him, vitally connected with Him. So I ask you, I said, what's the state of your union and your worship, God? I got three states. I'm gonna have you. Uh, I'm gonna have you look at. Hey, uh, yeah, will you bring my trees? I got some trees here, and I'm gonna look at John chapter 15, and I'm, I'm closing with this. I'm, John chapter 15. I called it uh, United States. There's different states of. Uh, the different states that, that you can be in. Now the first state. I brought my wife's clippers. Just in case I can't handle the manly clippers. I got the torque ones right. So, so there, there's, there's three different states right. And most of us know this. And uh, I just bought these trees. Really great trees right. There's nothing wrong with these trees. They're, they're actually. Uh, the, the, they're full of life. Right now. But the first, the first state. Is, is a state of. Of being disunited. Or that's just a state. Where, where you're just cut off. Right. So it, isn't that a shame. I was hoping I would have that response. Because you've got something. That's got so much potential. So much. Think of the seeds. And the years. Of productivity that would come off of this plant right here. Tens of millions of possibilities just from, from, from that. But once we're cut off, John chapter 15 verse number 6, he's going to tell you. He says, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. These branches here, they're no longer now, they're now... That they're picked up. And he says that they're thrown into fire. And we know that fire uh, means hell, right? We know that that's what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, if you, aren't, if you aren't united, if you aren't vitally connected in me, then this is your life. And he says, these things are gathered up and they're thrown into hell. And I know that people in church, 2016, they just don't want to talk a whole lot about hell. I'm doing a whole series this year on hell. Why in hell? 
who in hell and what in hell. I'm doing a whole series on hell. Because the church has gotten away from hell, right? Because it's very inconvenient to tell people who in hell, you in hell. If, if there's, if, come on, we read in the book, baby. We're just going to read it. Let's read it. Let's read all of it. But people don't want to talk about hell, right? They don't want to talk about here. And here, Jesus here, he's trying to say, if you'll stay vitally connected in union with me, he says, I will revolutionize your life. But if not, he says, then, then you wither away. And the reality is he's not just talking about going to hell, but, but many times hell comes into our life because we're no longer connected to him. So it doesn't mean that you're going to hell. It's just hell comes and invades your territory. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Even though you're a Christian, have you ever had hell invade your territory, right? Thank you, Terry. <laughs> Me too. Hell, come in and invade your territory. And what's he saying? He's saying, if you'll stay vitally united to me, then hell won't come in and invade your territory. He says that it won't. So, so the first one is just being disunited, right? And then the, the, the next one is just, and we've all seen these. I have trees in my yard like this. They're partially united. Now that tree will live like that. Believe it or not, that tree, there's enough of it there that keeps the roots will feed that tree. But will it ever produce fruit? How many Christians, they have, a, they have, the Bible would say, a form of godliness. They draw some amount of strength, but they draw enough to stay alive. But they go through life without ever really producing the fruit that Jesus said that he wants to produce. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Ghost, right? Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit comes, and watch this now. John chapter 15, verse number 3. Go up to verse number 3. I'm going to read this and I'm closing. It says, you're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. And a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine and neither can you. Pretty plain, right? All right, there ain't no wiggle room here. He says, listen, this, this is, is going to go down one way or another. Either I'm going to be the center of your solar system. And you're going to draw your life from me. And the state of our union is going to be good. And I'm going to be vitally connected to you. He says, if you'll, he says, the same sap that's in me is in you. The same life that's in me is in you. The overcoming devil butt-kicking, sickness-destroying, miracle-happening, the same life that's in Jesus. I mean, I know he's pretty successful. Yes. Come on, he, he hasn't lost any battles. He says, the same sap that's in me, it's in you. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. But without me, you can what? You can do nothing. Without me, you can do Nothing. Now, I told you, thank God for the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit, He can come in. He's like duct tape. How many of y'all know you can do anything with duct tape? <laughs> that, and now you got Flex Seal. Yeah. That's, good stuff. Um, that's good stuff. I don't know. I haven't tried it, but apparently you can make a boat out of a screen door. 
And that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's, that, that's pretty cool. If you can make a boat out of a screen door, we're going somewhere now. You got, the guy's got a motor like meh, riding around on a screen door. Oh, my gosh. I should have gave you a link. There's a Cajun version where this, there's, there's this Cajun that's voiceover, and he's going, oh, yeah, now, I made a boat. I made a boat out of a screen door, and I fixed all them people with the hurricane. And then he makes a submarine, all this stuff. It's really funny. You have to, you have to check that out. But, but you could flex steel or flex steel, you could flex seal or, or duct tape because but what, what I love about Jesus, what I love about the Holy Spirit is you could have come in this morning like this and yet he'll come in, Holy Spirit, he'll come right in, he'll come in and the Bible says he binds up our wounds, right? He binds us up and he makes us to where we could stand again. And I'm not going to attempt to do this because it would take too long, right? But, but you could take this tape and you could actually repair this tree. Believe it or not, you could really, you could repair this tree. You could take it from a state of just survival to a state of thriving. I mean, I know I believe that's what God wants for every person in here. No, no matter where you are, there's no condemnation, right? Ain't nobody up here kicking nobody like, yeah, 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 yeah. listen, I can tell you, I've been all three throughout my life over and over and over again. But once more, right? It's a daily thing. It's saying, God, I, I, I need help. You're the center of, you're, you're the center of my life. So you could take duct tape here. We, we, could, we could fix that guy right here. You could actually fix and, and, this, and this is, oh, I got to read this last one, I promise. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I'm going to read it to you in, in the Amplified Version. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is, now I need the uh, Amplified, A-M-P, because it's amped. It's amped up in Jesus' name. And call me now, Madam... Okay. There it is. Therefore, nope, 517. You're at 7 1. That's a great verse, though. That's a winner. There it is. Therefore, if any person is what? What's that word right there? Engrafted. How many of y'all know what it means to be engrafted? How many of y'all know that there's a grafting process? I grew up right by Forest Hill, Louisiana, nursery capital of the South, right? If you've ever been through Forest Hill, you're on your way to a speeding ticket in Woodworth. <laughs> but not only that, there, there's nothing but, nothing but nurseries, and they take cuttings like this all day long. They'll take this, they'll take a knife, they'll cut a hunk, right, out of, out of this tree right here. I wish I could do it. I should have done it for you. They'll cut a chunk out of that. They'll take this thing here, they will ram it in there, and then they will take tape, they will wrap it up, they'll put it in isolation, they'll put it in a dark room, they call it a healing room, they'll put it in a healing room for three weeks, and then they'll bring it out of the healing room, and this will now be a part of this, and the same life that's in this is in this, and this tree will bear fruit Again, don't you love our Jesus? The Bible says that the day he hung on the cross, they took a spear and they rammed it in his side and out came blood and water. What, what is that opening? That's where if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become brand new. The same life that's in me is in you. In the Old Testament, Moses said, he said, God, I want to see your glory. I want to see you. And God said, no one, nobody looks at me and lives, Moses. But he says, I'll carve a place for you out of the rock. And I'll put you in that rock. And he says, and then I'll let my goodness pass by you. And you'll get to see my glory. We know in the New Testament, the rock is our king. The center of our solar system. He was carved. There was a carving. that There was a cut that occurred in his side. That allowed us. That even though there's no life in us. For us to be planted into him. And now we're vitally connected. Now we're in union with him. And that's what God wants for all of us. So what's the state of your union? Right? Because you've got... You've got this disunited. The second one, you got partially united. And then you got those that say, with nothing else, if nothing else, I am united, fully united, fully connected. And not to say again, you know, I'm not here saying all of this. It's not perfection. God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for participation. God's not looking for you having all the answers. Listen, maybe you can't tap dance. And maybe you can't play the saxophone. And maybe you can't sing. And maybe you're not athletic. And maybe, 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 maybe all of those maybes. But at, at least you can be united. You can say, if nothing else... If at the end of my life, the only thing I've got to show for it is that I was, he, he was the center of my solar system. I can tell you there is a life source there. And it's powerful. Book of Revelation says that he's got fire in his eyes. The Old Testament, he says, I am an all-consuming fire. Come on, he's got more than enough. For, for what we need. We just got to understand. What's the state of my union today? Am I cut off? Am I just connected? Kind of barely getting by. Will you allow the Holy Spirit to come. Stand you back up. And because we've had a great beginning of the year. You know we had three weeks of. Three weeks of fasting man. And I think you know, everybody was standing pretty tall. After that right. It's like man you feel, you feel like a spiritual giant. But how many of y'all know. Then you start eating hamburgers again. Right. And the, the, the cholesterol, it like slows you down, right? It's just like, and then you start eating cupcakes again, right? And the tendency is, is you start to fall over, right? And God's wanting to stand you back up today and say, no, 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 no. If you'll just, 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 just keep, keep working with me. Allow your roots to go down, he says, and then you'll, you'll stand. And when the storms of life come, it says, having done all, you can stand. God's not asking us to be perfect, but he is asking us to, to stick with the process.